Are you a woman in the middle? You're in the right place. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and you are listening to the Women in the Middle podcast, episode number 13. Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, so glad you're here for this week's episode, which is all about getting at the critical importance of doing what you love, what happens when you ignore an important part of yourself, the crazy goodness that can happen as a result of living in sync with who you are at your core, and some tips to help you get clear about what you need to do to prioritize going forward. Before we dive into this topic, I want to ask you an important question. I've asked this before, but it's such a great question that I feel compelled to ask it again. Who wants some free coaching? I guess the question could really be, who doesn't want free coaching? I have free coaching available to you if you do something small and wonderful for me and also other women in the middle out there. I'm talking about leaving an iTunes review. When you leave a review for this podcast and let me know about it, you are eligible for a draw for free coaching. It's that simple. I'm giving an hour of free coaching away to 10 lucky listeners. I'm not sure if you're aware of the power of reviews or not. Reviews are one of the best ways to help other women in the middle find this podcast so they can get some help about being stuck and frustrated. Leaving a review is really like a public testimonial. Think about how important testimonials are to you when you make certain decisions and purchases. I know I'm all over those testimonials. I want to know if things are going to fit according to the size or if they run a little small, you know, all that kind of thing. So it's the same thing with podcasts. People really do read the reviews. And so it goes. I really do value the 20 minutes or so that you let me share your brain space every week. So if you've really been enjoying what you hear, leaving a review would be a great way to help other midlife gals and also give me some feedback. It only takes a few seconds to get specific instructions about how to do it. Just go to susierosenstein.com forward slash iTunes and it's all laid out there. Quick reminder, though, send me an email with the subject head of your review. iTunes doesn't give me any contact information, so let me know by email or by Facebook message when you leave a review, and also the subject head for your review, and that is what you need to be into the draw. You can find me at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the midlife coach or email me at susie at women in the middle podcast.com. On that note, I want to give a shout out to that New Yorker who left an awesome review and said, Susie brings a fabulous personality to this podcast. She sounds like a friend you want to hang out with, but also that friend who always has the best advice and wisdom. Wonderful joy. Two exclamation points and then a quote. Wow. That made my day. So that New Yorker, thank you so much for that amazing review. I really appreciate you and the time it took you out of your busy day to leave me that review. You just won yourself a free hour of coaching. So send me an email at Susie at com, and I'll send you my scheduling link. 
Again, thanks to all of you amazing women in the middle out there in podcast land for listening and being on this trip together, living intentionally and making a specific effort to love your life after 50 has no downside. And I'm honored to be here with you all each week. So let's dive in. As I mentioned, today we're going to talk about how important it is to do what you love and just how to prioritize things going forward. It's totally cool that the free coaching winner today is from New York because I happen to be in a New York state of mind. At this very moment, I have Billy Joel's song in my head and a huge smile on my face, and I'm so excited to tell you about something that is over-the-top, unbelievable, pinch-yourself type of story. That is the kind of story it is. When you do what you love, you never know what will happen. As the lyrics to Billy Joel's song go, some folks like to get away take a holiday from the neighborhood, hop a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood. But I'm heading to downtown Toronto for a flight on Porter Airline because I'm in a New York state of mind. Yes, my amazing friends, I'll be heading to New York City soon to celebrate. I am heading straight to the Museum of Modern Art. Why? because there is something that I made that is currently displayed and included in MoMA's exhibition called Items is Fashion Modern. Yes, me. <laughs> something I made with my own hands is currently part of a huge exhibit on the sixth floor of MoMA. And as I'm telling you this, I still can't believe it and get emotional at the thought of this reality. Me. Susie Rosenstein, a 54-year-old woman in the middle, a woman who has a hobby, a woman who has a passion project, a woman who has a bit of an addiction to beating with wire. Yes, my name is Susie Rosenstein, and I love beads. I know some of you can relate to being madly and completely in love with some kind of a craft or art making. I've talked to so many of you who love sewing and quilting, and you guys have a fabric addiction. I can recognize it a mile away. Others of you love painting, playing music, making jewelry, photography, whatever your passion, it's easy to spend a lot of money on it, right? And it's not always easy to find a space where you can enjoy doing it and also a space where you can store it. It's not always easy to find the time to prioritize it. And I know that you know what I mean. For me, I've always been creative. In fact, I was even voted most creative in high school. And there is a picture in my 1981 yearbook to prove it. I'm even wearing my most favorite clogs in that picture. Burgundy with a little gold chain. I know you guys can relate. Clogs were just amazing. Grade 9 was the first time I really volunteered my creativity, though, and put myself out there. I remember I painted a Viking helmet for my junior high logo on a big, giant rock outside the school. Then in high school, I would do calligraphy and make these ads for the marching band competition program. I also love painting those big, giant signs for the sides of the bus, the band bus. 
Later, as an adult, I found myself volunteering in a variety of organizations in creative ways. I would always pick the creative way. What could I do to help that was that kind of a effort? And usually it had to do with marketing or PR in some way. And that brings me to my bead addiction. Aren't beads fascinating? I mean, come on, they are so hard to resist. As I'm saying it to you, I'm imagining my hands going into a big bucket of beads, which is actually something that was presented to me on my last vacation this summer. I asked if this place had any beads for sale because it was a jewelry boutique. And the woman, the owner, her eyes lit up and she went into the back and she came out with three giant tubs of beads. My head just about exploded. I just ran my hands through it. I took a beautiful, beautiful picture of a close-up of the beads. Anyway, beads are so hard to resist. I think of them as little works of art in a super small space. You can find everything in beads, anything you want to look for. There's likely a bead for it. But the ones I'm attracted to are the beads from natural stones and shells and also beautiful man-made glass. Those kind of creations, that's what really turns my crank. And everything in between, sometimes I like things, as long as they're glass and simple or natural from stone. But I would say that my absolute favorite is the abalone shell. I love that shell. I love looking at the way the colors are so subtle and the way they go into each other, the soft pattern. I love that combination of color. The feel of it is so smooth. I just love, I love it. It makes me swoon. It just makes me swoon. What can I say? Like many hobbies, though, I find everything about working with beads so relaxing. I love the feel. I love the look. I love the combination of them. But what I really love is the hunt. Like that story I just told you about beads on my vacation. That's my favorite thing to do. Whenever I go someplace new, I always make sure to look up if there's a bead store or sometimes I happen upon one, but they're really special when you find beads on vacation. It's like a bead with a story. I love that. Even more exciting, a bead with a story. But getting back to MoMA and how this exciting whirlwind all happened to me. So about nine years ago or so, my kids went to a Jewish day school called the Toronto Heschel School. And I did mention this in another episode, the episode about awe and wonder. It really was a place that inspired creativity. The kids were there from JK to eight. It was a school where boys and girls wore head coverings. You might be familiar with something called a yarmulke or a kippah that some Jewish men wear traditionally. This is an egalitarian school, and girls also wore something on their heads. I saw some pretty creative ideas in this cool school environment. Students were painting all kinds of things on their kippahs, little illustrations that showed what they loved, everything from sports to favorite animals to flowers to rainbows. I saw all kinds of things. And I saw someone put buttons on her design once. And one time, my son's grade seven class experimented with making a kippah out of wire. That got me thinking. A woman's head covering could be an opportunity for creative self-expression. That's what I was thinking. I could use my favorite beads in the design and make something really beautiful. And abalone was at the top of my list. How was I going to use abalone in a kippah? 
The more I played, the more I fell in love with what was possible to create with beads and wire. And eventually I had dozens of these beaded wire keepas made. I just loved the zone that I got into when I was making them, when I was designing them. I would give them as gifts. I gave them to friends, family. I gave them as gifts. It was a lot of fun. I got great feedback about them too, and they seemed to fill a need for women who wanted to wear something on their head but didn't want to wear a man's kippa or a hat or a little lace doily with a bobby pin, which is also common. Now, as I was experimenting with beads and wire and the kippas, I also did some bobby pins. I did some decorative bobby pins and some barrettes, and they were fun, but they weren't as much fun as the kippa. I had so many made because as we all know, when there's beads, it's hard not to bead them. It's hard to resist. So that is when I thought to sell my kippa. My barrettes, my bobby pins, I wanted to have an Etsy store. I was an avid shopper on Etsy. And if you guys don't know Etsy, go to Etsy.com right now and, and support some crafter that you fall in love with. There's just amazing, amazing stuff on Etsy. So I did. I set up an Etsy store and it's called Wired Up Naturally and I've had it open since 2012. I guess you could say that making a beaded wire kippa for a Jewish woman has been my passion project. Making these things for Jewish women, I just get so excited about it. And I love wearing mine too. So when I think about the concept of a passion project, I think about it as a combination of activities. So first, it's something that you actually do. It's not your career. Typically, it's usually outside of what you normally do for a living. And you're super happy and satisfied when you do it. You're relaxed. You're focused. You are really into it. And it's because it's aligned with your sense of purpose and your core, core interests. You're excited about it at a really deep level. Does that make sense to you? I developed a cool little worksheet to help you figure out what a good passion project might be for you. So stick around until the end of the podcast for the link. But what it's really about, I have this fundamental belief that it's the critical things that you loved when you were a child, the things that gave you happiness throughout your childhood and throughout your life. Those are the core things that will continue to make you happy. So that's what the worksheet's about. But back to the Museum of Modern Art. One day last May, my husband and I were walking our dog, Nico the Noof. My husband was busy being Nico's assistant and fiddling around with those poop bags. And if you have a dog, you know how those poop bags, when they're fresh out of the bag or the box that they come in, they're wrapped so tightly together. And you have to fiddle with them a little bit. They're, they stick and it's hard to pull them apart. So he was busy dealing with that. So we stopped walking. And when we stopped walking, I checked my phone. And so I see my email. I see something from Etsy. The email, though, was from a curatorial assistant from MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art. So my husband's busy with the dog and I am like my eyeballs are bulging out of my head and I'm looking going, oh, my God, what is this? She was asking my permission to include an image of one of my keepas in an upcoming printed exhibition catalog and also to potentially put it into this exhibit called Items is Fashion Modern. And she said, we have a tight deadline. We would greatly appreciate my assistance in a fast reply. So she's like, this thing comes from out of the blue. And she says they're on a timeline and they would really appreciate a fast reply. I got to tell you, I was in absolute 
shock. My heart was racing. I was just going, what does this mean? What does this mean? I did feel like a cartoon character with the whole eyeballs bulging thing. Like, seriously? It was like, what, what, what? What is going on here? My husband, though, who was now ready to continue our walk, he wondered what I was reading because I did not look normal. You're not going to believe this, I said. You're just not going to believe this. And I told him what happened. And by the end of the walk, I thought it must be a scam of some kind. It's just so crazy. So I went home. I did a quick Google search to confirm what I was reading. And it appeared that it was all true. There really was an exhibit like this being launched at the Museum of Modern Art. And the curator's names and emails were all legit. This email was as true as it possibly could be. So I signed the releases faxed them back. And then I quickly called a designer and artist friend of mine. And I told her what was happening. And she was beside herself. She described it as being invited to a party that I didn't even know existed. And that was so true. That's exactly how I was feeling. And there you have it. It is one of the craziest, most delightful stories of my life. Something that I never could have imagined in a million years beyond my wildest dreams. Seriously, and it all came from doing something I loved. Throughout the summer, however, I found it hard to believe because that email was in May. And I have lots of interesting self-coaching moments that I want to share with you guys in another episode because watching my own mind prepare myself for disappointment was fascinating. And I will talk about the whole process and insight at another time when we can just dive into that because seriously, I could not believe what I was doing and I really needed to manage my mind. We are so good at failing in advance. But I can tell you that at this moment, I'm definitely a woman in the middle who's in a New York state of mind because my friend's son, Aaron, lives near the MoMA and he was able to go to the exhibit himself and see things for himself with his own eyes. And then he sent me pictures. So I got photographic evidence that this was all real. Pictures of the Kipa display, pictures of my Kipa in the display, pictures of my name on a display card, and also confirmation that my Kipa has indeed been included in the book about the exhibit. So you might be wondering what this exhibit is about and why something like my beaded kippa would be included. And that is a great question. The short answer is that the kippa is one of the 111 categories identified in the exhibit. My kippa is in a group of kippas that are part of these items that have been identified as pretty much iconic items in accessories and fashion over the last hundred years. That's my sense of the exhibit. So here's exactly what it says on MoMA's website. Items is fashion modern. It explores the present, the past, and sometimes the future of 111 items of clothing and accessories that have had a strong impact on the world in the 20th and 21st centuries and continue to hold currency today. So that's exactly what it's about. That's exactly what it says. So you will recognize a lot of these items. And if you search hashtag items MoMA, so hashtag I-T-E-M-S-M-O-M-A, you will see a ton of cool pictures of what items are actually included in the exhibit. 
And like I said, you'll recognize lots of them. Adidas Superstar sneakers, aviator sunglasses, the beret, capri pants, Gore-Tex, the fanny pack, the Fitbit, the Kipa, of course, the hoodie, the loafer, the safety pin, the polo shirt, the trench coat, the little black dress, and many, many more. And I highly recommend you check it out. If you can go, you got to go. It's really great. Um, I'll talk more about it after I come back from being there. But from what I've been watching, the articles being published and all the photographs that people are putting up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, it is something. So my friends, as a woman in the middle, please take my story as a reminder to make room for a passion project in your life. For me, as much as I absolutely love beads, my passion project really is more about self-expression, creativity, and egalitarianism. I figured out how to connect in a way that was meaningful and comfortable for me. You can see, though, that passion projects are completely subjective. I think of it as two levels. The first level is really about what's important to you at a deep, deep level in your core and also what engages you at the happiness level. The happiness level is the second part of it. So the first part of it, for me, the way I look at it is what is important to you at a deep level. And the second part of it is what engages you at your happy, your happy place. So there I was happily and passionately making these beaded wire artistic creations and selling them on Etsy, making my small contribution to the female Jewish community as a hobby, strictly as a hobby, but it was a passion project. Please be on the lookout for thoughts that act like dream stealers. You will recognize them. Thoughts like I'm too busy or it's too expensive are classic. And you'll be sure to recognize the other classic doozy. I'm too old to start something new. Be very aware of how these thoughts make you feel. I'm too busy, for example, is simply not true. Busy people accomplish all kinds of things. And you know in your heart of hearts that you can prioritize and you always get the things done that you really want to get done. But notice what feeling this thought, I'm too busy or I'm too busy for something new. Notice what feeling this thought creates for you. When you think that you're too busy, how do you feel? Do you feel tired? Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel disconnected? Maybe unmotivated? Then when you feel like this, what are you likely to do? The answer is nothing or nothing new. And what do you create? The result you create for yourself is that you do nothing new, which totally proves your thought that you're too busy to try anything new. This, my friends, is not how passion projects get started. They're not how they're born. It's a prescription for how they will never see the light of day. So if you want to make space for a passion project of your own, you have to think something that creates the feeling you want when you pursue your passion. What would you like to feel? Would you like to feel motivated? Would you like to feel excited? Then ask yourself, what would you have to think to feel excited and motivated? This new thought will guide you to create the results that you want. Your chance to share your passion with the world. Your chance to do what you love on purpose. If my story teaches you anything, as cliche as it sounds, do what you love. You never know what will happen when you live life in a way that's fully aligned with who you really are and who you want to be. Remember that worksheet I mentioned? What's a good passion project for you? That's the name of it. 
What's a good passion project for you? It's a simple worksheet and it's ready and waiting for you to dive into. Head over to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com forward slash 13 and you'll find the link to it there. And I also wanted to let you know that you don't have to be a Jewish woman to find something you might like at my Etsy store, Wired Up Naturally. So I've started to make these really beautiful pendants, these necklaces that uh, where the beaded wire oval or circle is like a statement piece. I think you'll really like it. So check it out. It's all at my Etsy store at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash wired up naturally. The link will be in the show notes. So check it out. So that's it for this episode. I hope you got excited about your potential passion project. You just never, ever, ever, ever know what might happen when you do what you love. Being a woman in the middle is the best place to be. We're in this together, one passionate project at a time. Thanks so much for listening and have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women in the Middle. If you liked what you heard and want more, head over to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com slash guide to download a free actionable guide that will help you break out of your midlife funk and start living the life you want.